Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to talk about the words, I hate you. This is a tough one for parents, and, for, and some parents actually hear this more often than other parents, especially if they happen to have a child who has really big feelings, very intense feelings, and struggles with emotional regulation. In this show, I want to talk about why that happens, what you can do when it happens, and how to work towards that not happening as often in the future. It'll never be easy to hear those words, but today we'll talk about what to do. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Okay, so let's let's start with this first. Let's start with how it feels as a parent to have your child say those words. We know as adults what a powerful statement that is. I hate you. It can be really cut right through to the heart, really hurt. Um, we understand the gravity of that. I'm not sure kids always do, um, although I'll touch on that in a moment. But let's start with that first. You know, you're doing everything for your child. You're putting your own needs aside. You're driving them everywhere. You're taking money that you could, you know, use for things that you would love or enjoy and giving it to them so they can have more joy. You spend hours worrying about them and all of your time doing things for them and then you hear, I hate you, which is just painful. And it just sears right through you. And it really is frustrating. And for many of us, it can be quite a trigger, either an anger trigger, or it can take us to a place of deep pain. And so understanding that um, first, like honoring in yourself that it's a pretty human way to feel. You're not a bad parent because you get hurt by that or frustrated by that or angered by that. So let's just start with that for a moment, because I think that's a really important place to come from before we kind of dive into this discussion. Um, I think the second piece of that too, is it can really touch on our own deeper triggers. So aside from the fact that we do everything for them and we're giving and we're spending our own time and energy and money doing things for them and then to turn, for them to turn around and say, I hate you. But underneath that, deeper than that, is another layer. This may have to do with our own childhoods, right? How we were treated. How did our parents handle us? How did they speak to us? You know, where are our own kind of pain points and triggers or trauma for, for many people listening? So that those words, I hate you, have an even, have an even deeper layer to them. So really knowing on some level what those triggers are. And there's sort of two layers to that, as I just spoke about. One, you could just on a particular day, you know, just be feeling a little more raw, a little more tired. Uh, maybe you had an argument with your spouse the night before, or you, you know, had a really difficult issue with your own parent or, or some terrible thing that happened at work, or you're incredibly stressed because of something that happened at work. With that, we carry around that we're a little more raw, we're just a little more delicate. So when we hear, I hate you from our child, which on one day would be annoying, but on another, it can be devastating. We just need to be aware of those kinds of implicit things that are going on in us. 
So there's those. And then as I just spoke about, there's the deeper ones, there's the trauma. And just knowing that that may be a really big trigger for you um, is a very important thing to be aware of. And so having that conversation with yourself where you're kind of the witness of yourself, I know that's a trigger for me. I know that my parents used to say that to me, or I know it touches a really traumatic part of my childhood. And I know that I have to keep that separate from my child who's really frustrated because I said no to something they really want. I'll help him. I'll love him. I'll help him learn that that's not okay. But I have to separate that from my own trauma. Just being aware of that is really important. And if you find that you need more support and help to do that, you know, it can be really helpful and really important to see your own therapist or do some work or do some trauma work of some kind so that it doesn't... um, feels so intense when you're trying to to work that through with your own children. Um, Okay, so the third thing, you know, what do you do with kids that have these big feelings? So I want you to think of it this way, big feelings, big words, right? So children who have really big emotions, who feel things very intensely, will often, and certainly, you know, and this is absolutely true for kids who are super sensitive, who are highly reactive, who are really bright, Um, And they know exactly what word or what phrase they can choose that will just hit the hardest. So often when kids say really big things like I hate you and you're mean and you're the worst parent in the world and I hate you, I want to, I wish so-and-so was my mommy or so-and-so was my dad, um, which again can, can trigger some of those things that we kind of hold in a deeper space in our hearts. Um, But we also have to recognize that those statements match how big the child is feeling at the moment. Not that they actually hate you, but they're feeling really upset or really angry or really overwhelmed. And they have to choose a word that comes close to helping you understand what it is that they are actually feeling in that moment. So you want to think of it like a discharge or almost like a flash of anger that just has to be you know, discharged from their body. Um, and it'll take quite a while for kids who have these and a big feelings to learn how to respond to their world instead of react to their world. So I want to bring you to another um, concept that I talk about a lot at, at Connected Parenting is the idea that you're not actually a parent, you're actually a substitute frontal lobe. Your job is to regulate, inhibit, organize, prioritize, um, shift attention, um, help, you know, help your child to see, okay, that's a really big deal, but this is a bigger deal. And does the reaction you're having right now match the event that you're experiencing? Your job is to help them do that because they don't have a fully formed frontal lobe yet. And that's the part of the brain that can actually do that higher order thinking and processing. So because you are a substitute frontal lobe, your job is to inhibit to suppress and to mitigate. Their job is to push back. No, you're mean, I hate you, that's not fair. And I just want you to think for a moment, just think about this process in your own brain, right? How often do we, I don't know, let's say we just, we're trying to be really careful and be really uh, really healthy and we overate. What do we say to ourselves? mad at you. I told you I didn't need to do that. Why did I do that? We actually have our own voice, which sounds a lot like our kids talking back to us actually um, in our own heads about ourselves, right? As we talk back to the frontal lobe, to the part of the brain that's trying to organize and mitigate, 
We often do that to ourselves. So sometimes it's helpful to think of it that way. How often does that voice and the tone of that voice exist in our own head about ourselves, right? So it helps us understand what that dynamic is actually about. So here's the tricky part. Even though it hurts, even though it's painful, if we overreact, either getting really, really angry or cry and get, you know, really hurt ourselves, that kind of reaction is probably not going to be the most helpful thing to do with our children when they, when they say, I hate you. The best thing to do, and I know it's the hardest, first of all, always remember to mirror first, right? Try to have a statement like, you know, what? I'm going to put aside that you said, I hate you. Cause I think that's a really big word. And that actually really hurt me. And I'm going to try to remember that you are so mad. You are so angry. You are so upset. And that word just seemed like the best thing to say in the moment. So you're matching the urgency. You're making the link to your child that you understand they're trying to say something that captures their feelings, but you're also noting that you don't love that choice. And you're going to put that aside for a second to tune in and mirror, to use the calm technique and help them figure out what it is they're feeling. Then you can come back after when you've come up with some kind of solution or figured out what you're going to do, then you can come back and sometimes coming back an hour later, a couple of hours later, even the next day and say, okay, let's revisit what happened yesterday. And let's talk about that big word, hate that you use. What does that word actually mean? And then you get them to talk about it. And then you say, hmm, so now that you're not feeling so angry, how do you feel about choosing that word? And then they can say, I'm sorry, or I didn't mean it, or I just felt really angry in that moment. And now you can help them figure out other things they could say instead. So can you practice? Can you script? Can you come up with a few things that feel big, that feel like they capture how upset your child is, but it's not, I hate you or you're stupid or, you know, I wish you, I had a different mom or whatever. So you kind of help them figure out what else feels similar, but it's a little better than choosing those words. The other thing that you can try, which I think is really important, is just be super neutral and just say, well, you know what? I know you don't mean it in this moment. I know you feel like you do, but I know you don't. And I love you. Or you can say, you know what? It's my job to love you like crazy. It's not your job to love me back. You know, my job is to love you. Um, or just don't react to it at all. Um, and say so we can talk about that later because I have a feeling you don't really feel that way, but that's okay. If you feel that way now, we'll talk about it later. Um, what, how we can come up with something else that you can say. So you just have this very strong, non-reactive um, response. You know, this is my, one of my favorite lines is, I love you enough for you to be mad at me. You can be as mad at you as you need to, but this is still happening. This is the consequence that we've chosen. And this is the right thing for me to do. And I love you enough for you to be mad at me. You know, that statement I think is so important. And there's not a lot your kids can say um, to counter that. Um, the other thing you can do, and this is when your child, not when your child's upset, you can't really do any practical planning or addressing of a behavior in the moment. Remember that behavior is not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. So later on at bedtime or the next day when you're in the car going for a walk, this is also can work with your teens as well. You can go back and really take apart and debrief what happened and figure out what each person can do better. So in these moments, these kind of after moments, this might be a time to just set a goal. Hey, why don't we try for the next little while you trying to say this instead of I hate you? Or maybe you can say, I, 
and stop yourself, but I'm going to be watching for you really trying to alter that behavior a little bit, set it up as a goal that you want them to work on that. And don't say, don't have any consequences attached. You know, if you can do it, you get this, or if you don't, you get that, just leave it. Just actually have them just be mindful of it and aware of it. And then see if it starts to shift, see if you notice that it starts to shift. And if it really doesn't, you can get into what I call, I think positive consequences that if they can choose a different word and they can do that a few times, they can earn something. But in this case, I don't even know that you need to do that. Sometimes just setting it as a goal um, and having them be aware of it, it is good enough. So let's, we'll, we'll start there. Um, and then I may do, I may do another podcast at some point where, you know, if you've tried all these things and it's still really bad, what can you do? But I think that's a good place to start. Um, for you, another thing that can be really helpful is watch for the I love yous. Instead of watching for the your means and the I hate yous, set your brain to keep track of in a day how many times you hear I love you and you're beautiful mommy or you're the best daddy or I bet you're hearing that so many times during the day, but your brain's only catching and paying attention to the I hate yous of the, your, your, your means. Um, so just see if you can like set that uh, program in your brain. It's actually called the reticular activation system. It's a part of the brain that actually just tracks data and information, pulls it into your reality um, so that you're aware of it. And it's sort of like tagging it just like in Google. So actually tag how many times your, your children um, acknowledge you, love you, compliment you, say beautiful things to you, hand you a picture, give you a flower, pay attention to those things. And that will actually help you with how you're feeling. It will also gently address uh, some of the bigger issues that we carry around for us as parents. It will help us when we're in pain and we're struggling. Um, it just helps us maybe feel a little bit better too. If you'd like more information on Connected Parenting, please visit us at connectedparenting.com. We have all kinds of ways to support you as parents on your parenting journey. We've got our podcast, of course, my books. We have the Connected Parenting Village. We have a few different course offerings um, to help you and help you dive deeper into the Connected Parenting Method. Um, lots of ways to support you on your journey. And I will look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Connect Parenting.